0: Credit scores are important to financial health. Do you know yours and how it's calculated? A poor credit score can make it hard to get a loan, a credit card, or even a job. We can help answer questions and possibly save you money. Hi, I'm Diane Freeby of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, inviting you to schedule a free financial checkup today at NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU.
1: Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. Special thanks to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting the show. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our good bishop. And today we're going to talk about a gospel writer, a saint. You've mentioned that the book of John is your favorite. St. John yes. is, is one of your favorites. Luke general. is number two. Okay. I was going to wonder where St. Mark fits in the
0: lineup. Sorry, number four. Okay. <laughs> but that nothing against Mark. It's great. Yeah. But... Somebody's got to be last place. Right, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, good. I I don't know a whole lot about St. Mark. Do we know for sure that he's the one that wrote the book of
0: Mark? Well, there's the earliest manuscripts that we have of the gospel say according to Mark. Okay. I think that's our strongest evidence, but there are some who, who question that. But I think it's pretty evident. It's pretty early on that it was attributed to Mark. Do you know what the uh, symbol of the Gospel of Mark is? Oh, symbol of Mark? I
1: should have looked this up beforehand. Remember it's not the eagle because that's that the bird. No, the eagle. Yeah. Okay. Eagle. Um, okay. We've got an ox, a a yep. person, the and ox, a, a lion. Is, yes.
0: It's the oh. It's the, oh, was the ox. It, or the it all. Horse? They all has to do with how the gospel begins. Okay. So you're right. The lion is Saint Mark. Okay. Because Mark's gospel begins with John, the mighty roar of John the Baptist, Ah. calling to repentance. Yes. And then you have Matthew beginning with the human genealogy of Jesus. That's why he's always depicted as a man. Uh John begins with, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. This amazing, incredible, soaring theology, Uh the eagle Okay, And then Luke, the ox. Because how does Luke's gospel begin? It's the sacrifice of an ox that Zechariah was offering in the temple. Oh, okay. Who, so who there, came up with that? Well, you have any these, these four symbols go back to a prophecy in the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Oh, right. And the church interpreted the four living creatures that are mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 10 as symbolic of the four evangelists. So huh. it really borrowed from the book of Ezekiel. And I think it's even, I can't remember, I think it's even those four symbols are also in the book of Revelation. But, you know, that's a good question. When did the church start using these? I don't remember. Huh. That's something I have to look up.
1: Well, St. Mark is
0: mentioned in the Bible
1: elsewhere. Like he's, He was what, well, not one of the
0: 12. No, he wasn't. But he was a... Disciple of Saint Peter. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you read the first letter of Saint Peter in giving greetings, Saint Peter also testifies and sends greetings from, he says, from Mark, my son. Hmm. So Mark was like a spiritual son. Mm -hmm. And this is when Peter was in Rome. So the church was undergoing this severe persecution. It was under the Emperor Nero. And of course Peter was eventually martyred, crucified. But Mark was with him. And it's believed that the Roman Christians kind of asked Mark to to write down Peter's, you know, memories mm-hmm. that Peter would have shared. These things about his experience of the life of Jesus, things that Jesus said and did, his miracles, his passion, that he kind of shared it with mm-hmm. Mark and he wrote them down. That seems like what happened. Uh, you can definitely see when you read that gospel that there's a lot of, in it about persecution mm-hmm. and like to be strong in the midst of persecution. So that was what was going on when Mark was writing the gospel, this severe persecution by the emperor Nero. So there's a lot of hints like that. So we believe that the, and most scholars say that Mark was written, the gospel was written in the sixties. Okay. So it was before Jerusalem fell and the temple was destroyed in the year 70, because if that had already happened, that would come through in the gospel. In other words, it was something that was still seen to be in the future. But the other question is, there also is a Mark, sometimes referred to as John, a lot of times they had double names, by Mm -hmm. the way, John Mark, and he's mentioned in the book of Acts of the Apostles, he was a cousin of Barnabas, and he would have accompanied St. Paul on his first missionary journey.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, is that the same Mark? There's different opinions on that. We really don't know for sure maybe it was. We do know that somewhere like in that first missionary journey, John Mark kind of left. He kind of, you know, decided not to continue with Paul. Okay, And that upset St. Paul. Now, again, this was Barnabas's cousin. And later, Paul and Barnabas got into an argument about this. And, you know, the, there was a dispute because Barnabas wanted to welcome John Mark back, and Paul didn't want him back. (laughs) So, (laughs) anyhow, there was a reconciliation later on. Paul does speak with appreciation of Mark as a co-worker of the gospel. But So that's an interesting little thing. But but was that John Mark the same one? Um, We're not sure. But we know he was a Jewish Christian. He wasn't a Gentile. You can tell that his Greek wasn't as polished as, let's say, the other evangelists. There's some thinking Mm. that his mother was the one, his mother's name was Mary in Acts of the Apostles who owned a home in Jerusalem. And it was a pretty large home because Christians would meet there. And some say that was possibly the upper room. That's where the upper room was in her house. And that's where the disciples stayed after Jesus' ascension. So we don't know that for sure, but you know that it's the same Mark or Mark's mother. Clearly, though, as I said, Mark was writing for the Roman Christians. His gospel then spread to other Christian communities, to other churches, but it was clearly a church in crisis. Mark's gospel, by the way, a lot of it you'll find in... Matthew, and probably about 90% of Mark's gospel is in Matthew, Hmm. but Matthew expounds on a lot of things. Uh And about 55% of what Mark wrote is in Luke. So it's believed by most scholars that Mark was the first gospel written. There are some, a minority of scholars, who say that Matthew was written first. Keep in mind, in the early centuries of the church, that's why we have Matthew first in the New Testament, that was considered the first gospel. But a lot of scholarship in the last two centuries has come to the conclusion that Mark was the first, because you see a lot of Mark in Matthew and in luke there's different arguments we don't have to get it's called the synoptic problem like which was first and all that but but in any case was mark's gospel a source for matthew and luke and john for that matter or if matthew would have come first maybe he kind of just communicated a lot of things in a shorter way so there's different things you can tell it's a roman setting mark uses In his gospel, some Latin words that, uh, like military terms like legion and the praetorium and the centurion, these are not in the other gospels, names of coins and all that kind of stuff. So it's clear that he's writing to Gentiles, that he's writing to these. And he even explains some of the Jewish customs in his gospel, like the ritual washings, et cetera, that the readers would not have been familiar with. The readers would not have been. They wouldn't have been because they were Roman Christians. Okay. Yeah, they weren't. They were Gentiles. They weren't Jewish. A lot of them, anyhow. Uh So again, I think most scholars would say it was written in the 60s, either before Peter was martyred or shortly thereafter. It's usually estimated that Peter was martyred around the year 66, Hmm. but definitely before the year 70, when you know Jerusalem fell. To the Romans and the temple was destroyed. Anyhow, I think that the Mark is very plain style in his vocabulary, his language. It was, I guess what you could say, a bit unrefined. So you didn't have to be like an educated person to understand it, it was kind of plain. Uh-huh. It's the shortest of all the gospels. It doesn't have things like the Sermon on the Mount. Hmm. It doesn't have as much of detail about different things. But there is something about Mark's gospel that is striking in that he frequently describes emotions like of the people, like they were in awe or they were astonished or they were afraid. And he'll even talk about Jesus's emotions, his compassion, sometimes his anger, his exasperation, his sorrow. I think sometimes, like Mark, that seems like an argument that, okay, Peter was sharing his experience, so Peter probably was telling him, well, Jesus was angry when, you know, or or whatever. The heart of his theology, of course, is Jesus being the Messiah, the Messiah who suffered and died and rose again from the dead. In many ways, you can see kind of St. Paul and St. Paul's emphasis on the cross and the resurrection, the charisma, which is an argument that Mark did spend time with St. Paul because you can see some of that in Mark's gospel. A lot about discipleship in Mark's gospel, about the deep bonds of communion that Jesus was forming with the disciples and preparing them for the ordeal that they would face. But then at the same time, Mark shows how often they didn't understand or they were hard. They doubted. They were inept. Mm-hmm. You know, like so, the human side of the disciples really come through in Mark's gospel. How they even abandoned the Lord at, in the yeah. garden, et cetera. They stumbled a lot. So there's something very real about it that I would say. And his, and as I said, his bold portrayal of Jesus in Mark's gospel. Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. But the very beginning, the very first verse of the gospel, what does Mark write? The first verse, let me find it here. It says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God.
1: Hmm.
0: And then he goes on, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I send my messenger before thy face. So in other words, by starting out, this is about Jesus Christ, the son of God. Mm-hmm. But all through it, it's about Jesus calling himself the son of man, etc. But then at the end of the gospel, the very end, right before, not the very end because there's a chapter on the resurrection, but right after Jesus dies, the centurion, Jesus of course uttered a loud cry, breathed his last, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And and Mark tells us, and when the centurion who stood facing him saw that he thus breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Interesting.
1: Is that how the other gospels would refer to him as this, would they call him the son of God during his time on earth?
0: You know, you have to look at each gospel. I mean, very clearly in John's gospel, there's a lot about Jesus's sonship Uh uh, being the son of the father. But Jesus usually, when he's speaking, will say, speak of himself as the son of man, but Mm -hmm. the evangelist will bring in being the son of God. Now, there is that profession of faith by Peter in Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And, And then he said, who do you say that I am? Well, in Matthew's Gospel, Peter responds, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of a living God. But in Mark's gospel, it's just, you are the Messiah. Uh Okay. So those are some of the the differences that we can see. Because probably
1: in the moment, there's some ambiguity that he's not saying that he's the son of God all the time, like in in public, but afterwards with the context we know that he was the son of God, so he can throw that at the beginning and the end. Right. But during his life on earth, maybe it wasn't referred yeah, to Yeah, I way. mean the
0: mo- the strongest thing is the way Jesus talked to God, the Father. I mean, Abba. I mean that was right. that was unheard of. I mean, he had this relationship that he himself spoke of him spoke to God in this way, Papa. Uh-huh.
1: But there's so many of like right. I'm going to my father or right. now, all of these different references right. elsewhere without saying specifically now I am and, the son of God. But you see
0: it more in John's gospel, like where Jesus says the father and I are one. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't appear in the synoptic gospels. That doesn't appear in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay. Right. Huh. I would say with Mark, the emphasis is definitely on Messiahship. But why did he write it though? You see in that, that first verse. You know, when, when he says very clearly the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. In Mark chapter 14,
1: there's a story of a young man who is following Jesus and he's wearing nothing but a linen sheet yeah. over his body and they, they grab him, but he gets free and runs away naked. Yeah. And there's a theory that that is St. Mark.
0: <laughs> I know. Are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah. I don't think there's any evidence for that. Right. I don't know where that story <laughs> arose, but, but no, I have heard that, yeah.
1: So you don't have a take on that? I don't have
0: a take on, a take okay. on it, no. <laughs> I should mention um, that what happened after Peter's crucifixion, we know that Mark went on to Alexandria, Egypt, and he's considered the founder of the church in Alexandria. Mm. So that became a very important Christian church. It's one of the patriarchal churches like Antioch, Rome, Constantinople, okay. like the major churches in the early church, the ones with the most authority because they were founded by, you know, apostles like this or Mark. And the Coptic Christians, those are the Christians in Egypt, you know, consider Mark venerate saint mark a lot because Mm. that's where he lived and that's where he died and there's stories about his martyrdom there so i think that's something to add how was he martyred you know i don't think we know for sure there are some accounts i know of him being dragged over rocks and tormented and put into prison but i'm not quite sure if we we know for sure okay Well, you mentioned the idea of that figure in the garden Uh who just had the linen on. There's another story that he was one of the 72 that Jesus sent forth, one of the 72 disciples. Again, there's nothing in the text that tells us that, but some of these stories did arise. So anyhow, I hope if one wants to read the gospel, it's the shortest. It's only 16 chapters, and... It really gives the basics. The last chapter, which has to do with the resurrection and Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene and and two disciples, and then to the 11, a lot think that that last chapter was added by a different author because it has such a different style, et cetera. We have feasts for all of the evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Mark's is April 25th.
1: And I just looked up, he's a patron saint of notaries, attorneys, lawyers, captives, prisoners, imprisoned, (laughs) imprisoned people, glaziers. I don't know what a glazier is. Someone who who glazes (laughs) (laughs) and stained glass workers. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Well, you have to figure out like why all of those. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he wrote, wrote so the gospels. Uh, yeah. So that's why Notaries. he'd be a notary, I guess, uh-huh. because he was the one writing down kind of notarizing what Peter was telling him, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. Not sure his, his connection to the legal profession. Hmm. I have to think about that. Must be something in his gospel. Well, to, yeah, I don't know.
1: All right. Well, thank you for shedding some light on St. Mark. I, I'm, read through his gospel, but I didn't know much about the saint himself. So this is good. Can we get your Episcopal blessing before we go?
0: Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's engineered by Josh Skipper at the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, produced by Miriam Schmitz, and edited by Tony Marks for Spoke Street Media.